Hi, Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the least of these podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Let's look at uh, John chapter 1. We're still in chapter 1. Might be here for a long time to rate I'm going. We'll be in John chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 15 today. Remember last week we finished up with John chapter 1 verse 14. We spoke about that. We spent the whole time speaking about verse 14, about how how Jesus came in human flesh, how he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the only glory as of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And remember this book of John is about the seven key miracles, the seven key signs, and the seven I am statements that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the great shepherd. I am the door to sheep. And he goes on and on. He is, he is everything that we need. He is the light of the world. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the true vine and he gives us seven miracles seven miracles with a sign uh, excuse me seven sign miracles and every one of those signs means it's a miracle with a message a miracle with a message and so every time Jesus performs a miracle he is showing us that he is God and uh, in a few weeks we'll be seeing in chapter 2 but uh, today we want to look at John chapter 1 verse 15 and I want to just read about through about verse 18 right this second and we'll see how far we get this morning. It says, John bore witness of him and cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me for he was before me and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. And so John tells us here, uh, John begins to witness again about who He is as he after He uh, tells us that He's the word that became flesh he comes back and he says John bore witness and this is uh, legalese terms in other words this is like courtroom language John's bearing witness what happens when you go to court they make you put your hand on the Bible and and swear to something that's basically what John's doing is in uh, modern terms he is swearing that Jesus is the one that he said that comes after him because he is preferred before me because he was before me. Now that's confusing language, but basically what John's saying is uh, I'm bearing witness of him because even though I, I, he, he came after me far as his ministry, he was before me because he is God. John said, Jesus said in John 8:58, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And so, basically what he's saying is that he is the one that everything that he does points to. 
You know, and that's, that's something that we need to remember is everything we do should point to Jesus Christ, the one that died for our sins, the one that died on the cross and the one who rose from the grave because he loved us so much. And so John says he is preferred before me because he was before me. You know, Jesus has always existed, right? Always has, always will. We said that, saw that in chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And that's what he's talking about is Jesus Christ right there. And then he says, of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. When he says, and of his fullness we have all received, basically what he's saying is that everything that God is, that's what Jesus is. That he's the fullness. It says over in, I think it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, that he says, In him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. So in other words, everything that God is, Jesus is, except for he exists in a body. And so he says, we have seen God in a body, and we have received grace for grace. Now this is a little bit confusing statement, but uh, you know, here in a minute he talks about grace and truth came through uh, Jesus Christ, and he talks about Moses that only the law came through Moses. But here he says, grace and truth, grace came for grace. And he says basically that when God forgives us, that we have grace upon grace upon grace. And what is grace? Grace is getting something you don't deserve, right? I mean, grace is um, being... Uh, given something that you really don't deserve. One man has said it this way, God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. And each one of those letters stands for something. And so when Jesus died on the cross, what did He do? He gave us salvation as a free gift. And that's called grace. It says in Ephesians 2, Eight that he says, by grace you have been saved. Through faith it is the gift of God, not a works, lest anyone should boast. And so he says, it is because we don't deserve it, but he gives it to us anyway. Remember we talked about that a few times, that he says that he died for us while we were yet uh, sinners and enemies. That's Romans 5, 8 and Romans 5, 10. But he says that we have received grace upon grace. Uh, if anybody's ever been down to the beach, I'm sure y'all probably have. But as you go down to the beach, what happens? You see wave after wave after wave coming in, right? And that's basically what we're talking about is we get wave after wave after wave of God's goodness, His mercy, His blessings, His goodness keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming even though we don't deserve it. That's what love is. And that what 1 Corinthians 13 says? It says love is kind. It's not rude. It, it does not envy. It does not boast. He says love, you know, believes all, hopes all, endures all. 
And basically that's what Jesus did for us. He, he endured all. He hopes all. He believes all. And no matter what we do, even though if we're saved, every day we probably sin a few times every day. And, and because He loves us so much, He still continues to give us blessing upon blessing upon blessing because He died for us on the cross. And people just don't understand that, that, that when salvation is a free gift, that, uh, you know, most people, like I said, have been, I've been trying to talk about that, is most people think we've got to do something to get into heaven. But the Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. And, and so basically when we trust in Him, He did all the work. He did the hard part, or the hardest part, but it's hard for us to believe because we want to think that we can do something to get to heaven. But the Bible says you can't do anything. It's the gift of God, not a works, lest anybody should boast. But he says, you know, Marty, I love you. And I know you mess up every day. And I know you uh, goof up, but I love you anyway. Isn't that what love is? I mean, probably all of y'all been married, I'm sure. And, and you had kids, right? And what did you do? You loved them anyway, right? They were still your kids. And no matter how bad they mess up, no matter what they do, you still love them. And you still do things for them. And that's what God does. As, as He says over here in verse 12, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in His name. And so when we become a child of the King, when we become a child of God, what happens? He loves us no matter what we do. Now that doesn't give us a license to go out and sin, but basically it says that He loves us no matter what we do. Because He knew what we were going to do when He died on that cross. He knew every single sin we've ever committed. He knew every single sin we'll ever commit. He knows everything we've done, everything we've thought about doing, everything we you know, almost did, and the things that we thought about that, that we didn't do, but, but He knew them anyway because the Bible says that He knows our thoughts before we think them. But yet, He keeps giving us blessing after blessing after blessing because we are His children if we've trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's what's so neat about God is He loves us anyway. And He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And there's nothing we can do. It says over there in Romans that there's nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So if we're a child of God and we've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted to Him by faith alone and through grace alone and Christ alone, then there's nothing we can do to be separated from that love because just like your children, no matter what happens, or your husband, you still love them anyway no matter what they do. And that's what love is, is loving somebody for who they are. And loving them in spite of who they are most of the time. And that goes for all of us, right? Not only do we love them, but they love us because none of us are perfect either, are we? We all have our problems and we all have our things. But God keeps giving us blessings one right after another, even though we don't deserve them. Isn't that amazing? 
That's why we sing that song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. was blind, but now I see. You know, when people don't think about that song, but it was written by John Newton. You know what John Newton was before he was saved? He was one of the most filthy, wicked men you would ever meet in your life. I mean, he was a sailor. And he was on a ship and he was a slave trader. And he would sit there and try to bet people that they couldn't think up something worse to do than anybody had ever done before. And he would sit there and egg people on to do worse and worse and worse things. And he was just a horrible, filthy, wicked man. And he was so drunk one time that he fell off the ship and the, the, sh- the captain threw a harpoon and, and it stuck him in the side and, and he pulled him back in with a harpoon. And he lived with a hole in his side the rest of his life. They said it never really healed. But yet, God saved him. And that's why he says, I was blind, but now I see I was a wretch. And if God can save him, if he could save Paul, Paul was a murderer when he was Saul. He can save any of us, right? And he loves us. That's what's so amazing about grace. He says, for the law was given through Moses. We know what the law is, right? The law says, you don't do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign, right? Remember the old song back in the 70s, 60s? He said, do this, don't do that. Can't you read the signs? You know, and all the law can do is say, look, Marty, you messed up. But guess what? He says, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Because, you know, folks, uh, it's good to be able to tell somebody the truth that they've messed up, right? The Bible says over there in Ephesians, I think it's chapter 4, verse 26, speak the truth in love. And so what we need to do is realize that when we tell people they've done wrong, we need to do it in a loving way. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus tells us the truth. He says, Marty, I know you've messed up, but I love you anyway. Marty, you need to get your life right, but I love you anyway. Marty, you can't do that, son, but I love you anyway. That's grace and truth, right? I mean, we used to tell our kids that. We tell them, look, you're messing up, but you know what? I still love you. Yeah, you messed up bad, but I love you. Yeah, that was horrible, but I love you. And that's what Jesus does. is He says, I love you anyway. Because grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then lastly, in verse 18, He says, No one has seen God at any time The only begotten Son or the only beloved Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. So basically what He tells us here in verse 18 is that no one has seen God at any time, but the only beloved Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. In other words, you remember what Jesus told Thomas? The old doubting Thomas? Old Thomas said... I won't believe unless I put my hands, fingers in the nail prints on his hands. And I won't believe unless I put my hands in his side. And Jesus said, come here, come here, Thomas. Put your hands in my, 
in, in the nail prints on my hands. Put your hands in my side. And, and he said, my Lord, my God. You know, and they said, another time, says, show us the Father. <clears throat> and Jesus said, have you not been with me so long that you don't know if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Jesus says, when you see him, you're seeing the Father. And so the Bible says the only way to get to the Father is through the Son, right? And so the only way to get to Jesus, to God, the Father, is through Jesus Christ, the Son. You know, it's like if you went to the White House or went to see somebody that was important, you couldn't get to them, right? Unless you knew somebody. And sometimes it helps to know somebody. I always say it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Well, guess what? It's the same getting into heaven. It's not what you know. It's not what you've done, but it's who you know. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can get in to see God the Father. That's like if you know the President's Son, you can get in to see the President probably. But if you don't know the President's Son or know somebody, you can't get in to see Him. It's the only way we can get to the Father is through the Son. And the Son is Jesus Christ. And he has declared him. That word is the word exegeted. In other words, he has explained him. Everything that Jesus did while he was here on earth. Everything that he said. Everything that he did the whole time he was here. He was showing us what the Father is like. He was showing us that, hey, when you get to heaven one day, this is what the Father looks like. Because he loves you. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's a kind God. He's a merciful God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He loves you so much that He sent me to die on the cross for your sins. And you must be born again. But once you're born again, you're in the kingdom of God and you're a child of the King and there's nothing anybody can do to take it away from you. Because once God has given you salvation, He doesn't take it back, right? I mean, it's not popular today to say things like this, but we used to say something when I was a kid. We, we talked about being an Indian giver, right? If you give something to somebody and you take it back, I don't know if that, that, that came from the Indians doing that or maybe it, maybe it came from the fact that the white man always gave something to the Indians and then they'd always take it back from them because they kept making deals with them. And every time they'd make a deal with them, they'd turn around and take it back from them. I don't know. That might be where that came from. But you know, God's not an Indian giver, is He? When God gives you something, He gives it to you forever. And He doesn't take it back because He loves us and He cares for us. And He died for us. Romans says if He, if he died for us, won't He do the lesser thing and keep us? Won't He protect us? Won't He be with us? You know, and that's the amazing thing, like I said about grace. That, that God has loved us so much. And we just don't understand that. I don't, I don't know why. I don't comprehend myself sometimes. How much God loves me. But you know, He gave up everything. He gave His Son for us. That He died on the cross for us. And that had to have been tough, you know. You, you, you hear some of these stories, but they don't really comprehend the love of God. But, you know, let's just say, you know, you had a child, and everybody in the world was sick. 
And that one child had the only antibodies that they could take out of their blood and they could make some kind of serum that would become a medicine and it would, you know, save the whole world from this deadly sickness. But guess what? If, if, if they were going to cure the whole world, they were going to cure this disease, it wouldn't just be part of their blood, but you would have to give up all of, all, all of the blood. And when you did that, that child would die. And that's what God did for us. Is he gave His only begotten Son, His only beloved Son. And I kind of skipped over that word up there, but it means the only one of His kind. But the cults will try to use that word say, see, he was begotten. He was born. Yeah, he was born. He was born in a human body, but he existed way before time. And he always has existed. And he still exists up in heaven. And he's still doing the same thing he's always done, loving us and taking care of us. And he's up there praying for us and interceding for us. You know, that that's what's so good about God. Is he didn't just leave us orphans, right? Go back to heaven, but he, what did he do? He sent the Holy Spirit to take care of us. And Jesus was up there praying for us. And so, folks, you know, Jesus showed us who the Father was because of the way he loved folks, the way he lived, and the things that he did while he was here on earth. And so let's stop right there this morning because... 19 through the rest of this section is a totally different uh, ball game. But let's sing number 11, He Keeps Me Singing. And that's a good one to sing this morning. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Some are locked up in bodies that don't work and in the nursing home facility in the wheelchair, the bed they cannot get out of. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems or their parents. They aren't doing right and their cries, we want to have a real family. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up in the jail and the prison, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression and suicidal thoughts and a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us life and to set us free and these folks are not free but we can set them free through Christ Jesus at least in their minds and their spirits. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia and surrounding Effingham and Chatham. We do about 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you'll support us in some way so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the donate now button. And we hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you.